As healthcare information technology continues to evolve, secure, appropriate, and efficient sharing of electronic health information is critical. Today, we're talking information blocking prevention and how we can clear the path for interoperability. To break this down for us, we have Lori Mantefell. She is a health IT project specialist at Metastar and is going to tell us more about information blocking. This is Metastar Health IT Radio. I'm your host, Caitlin White. So, Lori, what is information blocking? Well, the Office of the National Coordinator of Health IT, better known as the ONC, defines information blocking as when clinicians or practices knowingly and unreasonably interfere with the electronic exchange or use of electronic health information. But here's a real-world example, just to kind of put this, just to put some context around it. Let's say that I'm a patient and I want to send my recent visit summary over to a provider in a different health system, for example, for a second opinion using the patient portal. It could be considered information blocking if my clinic the one that I originally saw, had configured their electronic health record or EHR in a way that prohibits me from sharing that information outside of their specific health system. And as you can imagine, given the increased focus on sharing health information electronically, which is also known as that buzzword interoperability that we hear about, you can really see why information blocking is a big deal. As a matter of fact, the ONC's report to Congress back in 2015 cited information blocking as one of the primary barriers to achieving interoperability. Why is information blocking especially important for clinicians who participate in the Medicaid Promoting Interoperability or the Merit-Based Incentive Program? Good question. Well, starting in 2017, each year clinicians or eligible professionals are required to attest that they do not participate in information blocking by attesting to basically a series of yes or no questions. Clinicians or eligible professionals must attest, and I'll give sort of a list of this, is that first of all, they do not knowingly and willfully take action to limit or restrict the interoperability of certified EHR technology, um, and that they implement technology standards Um, in a way that's reasonably calculated to ensure that their EHR was connected in accordance with applicable law and standards, specifically that, you know, they're able to use the information and share it in a trusted bi-directional exchange specifically of, of structured electronic health information. Basically, I mean, what I recommend to to practices is that what it basically means is that they have implemented their EHR in the way that the vendor has recommended. The other piece of it is is that they respond in good faith and in a timely manner to requests to retrieve or exchange electronic health information. The Medicaid Health IT Extension Program does have a tip sheet available online to really help clinicians understand these questions and the and what the answers to those really mean in terms of being able to successfully report or attest to the, those various government programs. 
What steps should I take to prevent information blocking at our practice? Well, let me start off by saying clinicians or even practice managers are not expected to be health IT experts, but they are required to act in good faith when implementing and using a a certified EHR to exchange health information, which is part of the certification process for the EHR itself. And so that's why, you know, in, in, in the real world and especially in smaller practices, the one thing that I really emphasize is just the need to follow your vendor's recommendations and implement the various pieces of it in the way that your vendor really recommends. However, information blocking does occur, and just some examples of some common um, types of information blocking that, that you may experience or maybe can think about is using a system to limit information sharing in order to control referrals, especially outside of health systems, and failing to implement functionality and required standards that your vendor recommends that assist or allow for sharing of information, and then failing to provide information that has been requested electronically by another provider seeking to provide care to that patient. Another example would be mandating a policy preventing any lab results from being shared through the portal to a patient. So anything along those lines where, you know, you're saying, no, I don't want to share information electronically or someone is telling you, no, we don't do, we, we don't share information pertinent, you know, healthcare information with other providers. That really is what information blocking is. And so those are some of the ways that you can really prevent from getting into that sort of situation. You've mentioned that information blocking is an area that is increasingly important as we move toward the goal of interoperability health data. What is on the horizon? You know, it's interesting that you asked that because in early March, the Cures Act final rule was published that really does provide so much more guidance and understanding around that. And so I just wanted to highlight some of the items that that final rule actually emphasizes. And it defined eight specific exceptions that offer actors such as healthcare providers and health IT developers certainty that when their practices are acting, that they meet the conditions of either one or more of the exceptions and thus really help define what information blocking really is and is not. And those exceptions, there's eight of them, and they're broken into two general categories. And those are exceptions that involve not fulfilling requests to access, exchange, or use electronic health information, and exceptions that involve procedures for fulfilling requests to access, exchange, or use electronic health information. And those are preventing harm exceptions, privacy exceptions, security exceptions, infeasibility exceptions, health IT performance exceptions, and then as well as content and manner 
fees and licensing. And I did just want to emphasize that each one of these really has a lot of explanation behind it that healthcare providers will need to really look at, including the objectives and specific key conditions um, in order to really know that you're fulfilling that exception or that you fall within that. And I just wanted to point out just, just one, the ex- security exception as sort of illustrating that. Um, and for that specifically, the ONC has defined that it will not be considered information blocking for an actor to interfere with the access, exchange, or use of electronic health information in order to protect the security of EHI, provided that certain conditions are met. And those conditions in this particular one is that the practice in question must be directly related to safeguarding the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of the information tailored to specific security risks and implemented in a consistent and non-discriminatory manner. And in this case, healthcare organizations would want to make sure that the practice is implementing a qualifying organizational security policy or um, some criteria for that security determination. So I think on the horizon, there's going to be a lot more definition um, around this because the sharing of information is just so very, very important in an interoperable world. What should I do if I suspect that another organization willfully prevents the interoperability of health information data? That is something that you most certainly would want to report so that it can be investigated. And potential cases of information blocking should be reported through the ONC, through the Health IT Complaint Form that can be found on healthit.gov. And that's healthit.gov, H-E-A-L-T-H-I-T dot G-O-V. That leads me into my last question here. Where can listeners go for more information or to receive assistance? The Medicaid Health IT Extension Program for Wisconsin Medicaid Providers can provide additional resources, including, as I mentioned previously, that attestation tip sheet. And this can be found on our website at metastar.com. That's M-E-T-A-S-T-A-R.com. And we invite listeners to most certainly reach out to us with either questions around information blocking or anything else that's health IT related. And we do have a team of local professionals that most certainly can can help you. Great. Well, Lori, I think that about wraps it up. Is there anything else you want to add? The bottom line is, is that sharing of health information across settings is so important to improving patient care these days. Everyone agrees with that. And so the biggest thing is just to pay attention to how your EHR works and implement it the way your vendor recommends. That was Lori Mantefell, a health IT project specialist at Metastar. For more information on this topic and to access the resources mentioned, please visit metastar.com slash podcast. That's M-E-T-A star dot com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find more like it in our podcast library. And be sure to share this episode on all your social channels. This is Metastar Health IT Radio. I'm Caitlin White. Thanks for joining us.